Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Riley. We're cousins. Let's hunt for some treasure. treasure this week um yes I do Rhett and I are leaving to go well Rhett is my son we are leaving to go see my mom on Sunday oh that'll be so fun tell her I said hi where are you guys going to see her in Maryland yes before school starts we're like getting in there and we're getting a last vacation in and my mom is so excited and yeah so I'm just preparing for that. It's kind of like dreadful at the beginning, but um, we are excited to go. So what about you? Are you driving or flying? Oh, I am not driving, Kristen. (laughs) No, no driving for me. Definitely flying. It takes like 20 hours to drive there. And I think about our poor Tutu who has to drive like, who just drives everywhere constantly. And I don't know how she and does makes it. stops to every person on the road. Yeah, on yeah. her list. And she All has so people. many people who love her and, like, not even her own family. Like, you know, her family and then, like, her also, like, outside circle. She's, like, literally the most popular person I've ever met. I will say that until <laughs> the end of time. I've never met somebody more popular than Tutu. I'm serious. Yeah, she is. She is. For me, let's see. We finally got moved out of our house, and that was a nightmare of 12 days, like 12 to 14 hours a day, moving and moving and moving and moving. Um, Although the last time we moved, we were on the third floor of an apartment building. This time it was only a single-story oh house, so gosh. it was easier in that regard. But I guess you just don't realize how much – junk you just like put in closets and stuff away and you just don't think of it and then when it's time to move it's like gosh what do I do with this so I felt guilty in the beginning throwing a bunch of stuff away but toward the end not bad at all I was just like chucking out chucking out bags of things yeah I feel like I would be the same way also moving to a third floor apartment would be or moving out of that apartment would be (laughs) so hard (laughs) <laughs> like oh my gosh well and we no, had our dog you. so every single time she had to go outside it was up and down three flights of stairs and if you went to the back I can't remember if the back of the building was lower or higher it was either only two flights or it was more it was four or something like that I can't remember but it was okay either I know way, what you're saying so I know yes, exactly this time around about. was much easier yeah <laughs> But also, you accumulate so much stuff when you have kids, and I'm so proud of you for throwing things away. You're, like, Marie Contoing. It's you know hard. about her, like, that, um, <laughs> you know oh, what I've, I'm talking about? I've binged her on yes. Netflix, was it, a couple years ago? I yes. think so. Yeah, you yes. should probably just, like, listen yeah. to that, like, while you're doing, <laughs> well, you should have, while you're doing your movie yeah. out and stuff, but, yeah. Uh, oh, I thought of her. Everything I picked up, I was like, does this spark joy? No. Trash can. 
Exactly. I hope that everyone else out there is listening. If uh, if they're moving out, they're listening to Treasure, the podcast, because we are going to give you some good stuff today. And I am going to tell everybody our links to find us on any other platform that they might like to. Um, so you can email us your personal treasure at podcasttreasure at gmail.com. We are on Instagram, which is like our main form of communication at treasure podcast. You can go to Twitter at the treasure pod. And if you want to give us any real treasury gold, you can PayPal us at treasure pod. And that is so helpful. It like literally helps us, you know, do this and bring you guys some really fun stuff. So yeah, definitely do that. Did I forget anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. That was great. Let's jump right in and I'm going to lead you off with a little story. So close your eyes and pretend you're a 65 year old man. Oh, yes. My dream. (laughs) Okay, ready? (laughs) Ready. Okay, Riley. You live in... (laughs) You live in Colombia. You've just applied for a grant with the government to start a palm oil plantation on your land, and it was approved. You are over the moon about the success of your farm. You start buying equipment, preparing your land, working in tandem with the sun and the moon and the coming and going of the seasons. From sun up to well after the sun is down, you work in your field. The dirt knows your blood, sweat, tears, and ambitions. As if the soil is rewarding you for your devotion, it bears forth an offering to you. Faithfully digging your trenches to irrigate your plot of thirsty earth, you strike something blue. Blue, not of the water below, nor a reflection of the sky above. It's the abandoned blue of a forgotten oil drum waiting in the earth to be unearthed. You pull up the massive canister. Though your eyes see it and half of your mind is able to process it, your other half cannot understand what it sees inside. It tries to deny the existence of the $600 million before you, though your hands are holding it. You struck gold the day you were given $3,000 to start your plantation, and now your thirsty earth has birthed you a fortune. This fortune has known blood, sweat, tears, and ambition. It is but a fraction of the missing riches of the infamous drug lord Pablo Escobar. Oh my. Boom. Boom. So, scroll to image one. (laughs) Okay. Scroll to image one. I am on image one. And you will see image of the Colombian farmer, Jose Mariana Cartolos, who found the $600 million in 2015. Doesn't he look so sweet? Oh, my gosh. He's so cute and sweet. I want to bring him home with me. (laughs) He literally... Okay, so he just went to get his grant. He started his palm oil plantation, and he's digging trenches, like, out there with his shovel, and he hits these canisters, and, like, one after the other, hundreds of them, 
he gets 600 he finds 600 million dollars worth of money buried in his field in Colombia. I would literally yeah. be freaking Can you out. That? Like also because number 1 <laughs> he doesn't know where this money came from and I mean I would definitely want to keep it obviously but I mean that definitely does seem like some cartel yeah, scary but he scary crap. Exactly. And he did end up telling like the authorities and so he got to keep none of it which really makes me sad cuz he it just makes me sad like he was probably so happy with his $3000 grant from the government to start his um his palm oil plantation and he finds this much money and yeah. literally can't keep any of it. And look how so, skinny his arm is. <laughs> I know. I know. That makes me sad. Oh, and over in the left there is like, a picture he needs of that money. The infamous Pablo Escobar. So, at one time, he is yes. the most wanted man on the planet, the planet, the infamous drug lord, Pablo Escobar. He buried, I've seen different amounts like all over the internet. Some people, I have here from discoveryuk.com that it's estimated he has $35 billion buried like all over Colombia. Um, but there's also been other other places, like even here in the states, like in Florida, where people have found mm -hmm. money. And so, yeah, we. Long story short, nobody knows where any uh -huh. of it is. Wow. And we could obviously talk all day about all the horrible things he's done yeah, and but. the influence he's had. But just a brief overview: he was a narco terrorist. I like that term. A narco terrorist yeah. in the 80s and 90s and ran the Medellin cartel in Colombia. So I'm going to have you read real quick from this site called legit.ng. Um, it's right under image one. So just read us those little two blurbs right there. Okay, perfect. Since the authorities were after him, he was always on the run. At one point, he offered the Republic of Colombia $10 billion for a full pardon for his crime. He once burned $2 million to keep warm while on the run. And <laughs> I'm sorry. And every year he wrote off $500 million as spoilage. At the height of its operations, the cartel ranked in more than 70 million U.S. dollars daily. Daily, people. That was just me. Um, he made about 420 <laughs> million dollars every week from his illegal trade. Okay. That is Can absolutely... making that much money? <laughs> no. The fact that he burned $2 million to keep himself warm. Like, imagine burning a dollar bill or something. That's absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it would last that long. Like, how I long would $2 million yeah. keep you warm? So he was actually on the mm. run with his family and his little daughter was cold. And that's why that was, he was just like, I'm not having oh. any of this and like burned the money for her. But um, yeah, I can't even imagine yeah, he's like, I'm so taking a dollar. Yeah, no, he, we'll get into more of his story, but he literally had so much money 
that he had nowhere to put it. That's why he was like burying it and things like that. And so for all of you treasure hunters out there, there are millions and millions and millions of his dollars just out there waiting to be found. Um, We're going to talk about it. But I want you to scroll to image two. What I was going to say is making $70 million daily is absolutely insanity. I mean, he has to have hidden some of it somewhere. And like anyone could find it. This this is insane. Okay, so yeah, you can check out our Instagram at Treasure Podcast and y'all will be able to see all of these images. We'll have um, numbers associated with them. So you can definitely check all of this out. And I highly suggest it because you are going to fall in love with this sweet farmer who found this money and we'll see how we feel about yeah we'll see how we feel about uh our uh I don't even know if we can call him even like a billionaire like he must have had so much money trillionaire I don't know he he had billions I don't think it was in the trillions but that brings us to image two where this is Forbes magazine. Forbes magazine has to name him the seventh richest man in the world at the time. And he's still, he was on like the international watch lists for being a notorious drug lord, but but they still have to officially name mm-hmm. him in Forbes magazine, um, the seventh richest man in the world at the time. So that's kind of funny. Um, that's pretty crazy that they, uh, they decided to do that. (laughs) So, and it's even estimated that most days he was making 145 million daily in cash, $55 billion annually. Like that's what they're thinking he was making. And the cartel, his cartel spent over a thousand dollars a week. First of all, I can't even I can't imagine spending a thousand dollars a week, but they spent over a thousand dollars a week buying rubber bands just to hold the bundles of cash together. Okay, rubber bands are not very expensive, so like <laughs> I it mean, was a ton of money. <laughs> they must have been needing a lot of rubber bands. Like that is insane. Wow. I had no Just imagine idea. having to count all that, though. Like, all day, every day. That's probably all those people in the... It, some of the people in his cartel, probably all they did every day for, like, years was just count, 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 count. Yeah, exactly. And they probably had to be, like, all naked and stuff, too. Because... <laughs> I don't know. I've seen that in TV shows that people who count money for like drug lords. Yeah, they have to be naked so they don't like stuff money into their clothes. I'm serious. I've seen this on a few TV shows, but it is a good idea. Like, yeah, because I mean, if someone's making seven hundred million dollars. Yeah, you got to just be like. Derobe. Yeah, but he also burned two million of it. Like yeah. he probably didn't care that. I know. Much I feel like he bit. should have been like. Just no, he he probably did. That's a. Uh, 
No, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I think he That's definitely really would have cared. Um, but it makes perfect sense. Oh, I think he would have cared. Well, he grew up extremely poor. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I thought he was. I guess I didn't even know about his beginnings till I started kind of researching him. Because all you ever hear about is like his notoriety after the fact. But he exactly apparently grew up super poor to where he, in his young young years, was stealing. I think stereos or like boom boxes or TV. I don't remember what it was. Some sort of electronics, and then it turned into stealing. I think gravestones, which somehow held value, and then I think in his twenties transitioned into um, the the drug world scene and just rose from there very fast. I think by the time he was, I think twenties, mid twenties, maybe he was already a millionaire, um, like getting well established in in that arena. So he does have ambition. I'll yeah, give him he that. definitely does. Also, side note. On there, it said they every year he wrote off five hundred million as spoilage, which is just insane. It's estimated that he lost two point six billion dollars to rodents, meaning that he just like kept his cash somewhere that like rats could eat it. They they were yes exactly what exactly that's insane. <laughs> 2.6 billion. Okay, having rats eat, how much did you say? 2.6 billion dollars to See, rodents. that's irresponsible. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's just irresponsible. I mean, they... Yeah, it is. <sighs> you would think one would use some of that money for rat traps, but whatever. I cannot, I'm not going to judge them, but still... I am judging them. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I would just, if Something. I were him, I would have like built a fortress of. Get some cats. Yes. That would probably have solved everything. Yes. Anyone so his... else would have built a fortress underground. Ugh. Makes me sick. I know. And he just like buried it out. Like he buried it out in that field and little Jose found it. So. Yeah. Okay, in long story short, he he obviously doesn't die a sweet, peaceful death as an old man. The law finally catches up to him, and in 1993, he is killed in a shootout with the a special Colombian police task force. So he dies in 1993. He's killed. That's when I was born. Oh, that is when you were born. It's a year before I was born. The Colombian yeah. government took a good bit yep. of his money and also forced his family to sign over everything else they really owned. Um, so all of their like cars, any money they had, and all of their physical material, like all their physical assets, they had to sign over to the government. And I'm pretty sure, well, they say it was spent in like, you know, bettering the communities and pouring it into, you know, social betterment. That's apparently what it was used for. I don't know. Uh -huh. They forced them to sign over anything they owned and um, members, but members of like other cartels came in and stole everything else um, that they had. So they were, they were basically living off and he didn't leave like a will or anything. And I'm sure even if he did, I'm like, I don't even know if that would have been honored legally because I mean, everything he had was from illegal dealings so 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his family was was kind of bad off after he died. He had even members of his own cartel turning on the family and and stealing whatever they could to just keep their own selves afloat. And so the family just they went from being super, super wealthy to basically trying to survive. And he had like a lot of property, like multiple houses, multiple he had like a resort or like a ranch resort he made with all these exotic animals like hippos and giraffes and things. Oh like God. he was just spending money on random stuff and like it, they lost all of it, like had yeah. no money. And I guess kind of you would have to. Yeah. It's like what else do you, what do you spend your money on at that point? Yeah. You have to like spend that money because like you don't want all that heat on you. Like, oh, my gosh, these, you know, if we have like billions of dollars someone's gonna figure it out like you have to like spend that money to you know yeah I don't know so he do something and yeah that's it's such a scary position to be in I can only imagine that's exactly right and so that's what he did he spent the money on like cars and and homes and things like that um which of course like Mm -hmm. we just said it got all taken away by the government pretty much but the rest of it, he put some in banks, like in foreign, I think, Swiss banks, but still super leery of the banks. So most of his entire fortune is hidden. And we're, we'll talk about some of the numbers in a little bit and how much they estimate is still out there. But there is still a lot, millions upon millions to be found. And most of it is in Colombia, although... Two two of his siblings, he has multiple siblings, but two of them, Roberto Escobar and Alba Marina Escobar, were really the only people he trusted with his money. And they didn't even know all of his money dealings, like where it is and everything like that. I think he just trusted them with a limited amount. But after he died, he did allow them to have access to his estate. And so, so Escobar's son, after the family is kind of trying to survive after his death, they start running out of money. He knows there's some of the fortune still out there. And he's talking to his aunt, Alba, and he's like, look, I know this much is out there. I forgot the amount, but he's like, I know this much exists. Like we need it to stay afloat. And she says, oh, it's, it's just gone. And he accuses her of stealing some of the money for herself. Cause there's like only a very small amount left. And so then you kind of, I think the family just kind of starts imploding at that point on, like, you know, and I feel like that can really happen with anybody. It doesn't take you know, millions and millions to make this happen. I feel like after, you know, even after just regular people pass away, you can sometimes see the family start fighting over like money and who gets this and who gets that. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what happened to his family. That's so crazy. Yeah. He had multiple houses in like Colombia and all that kind of stuff we said. Um, But he did have a house in Miami. Did you know that? I did what yeah he had a house in Miami and it was demolished in 2016 but it's been there since like the 80s or 90s yeah isn't that crazy yeah I am not surprised by that like I am honestly not surprised by that like him having a house there um but I would think that it would have been at least demolished yeah, he, or something. So like, in 2016, it is pretty crazy. Gosh. Actually, scroll down to 
or I need to stop saying scroll. Check out image number three of this pink little, well, not little, but this pink South Florida residence. Okay, and I'm in love with this residence. Are you? I am not a fan of it. It just reminds me of Pepto-Bismol. Oh, it does look very Pepto-Bismol-esque. You're right. And also, I don't like how the top part is like so squarish, but everyone can also check this out on our Instagram. But I do love a good pink residence. I love it when your house is pink. This is just not the, the right tone, but... I do love that Pablo Escobar may have had a pink residence and you're going to tell us all about it. <laughs> and it's right on the water too. It's, it is a really nice location. Um, and so, okay. So have you ever heard of chicken kitchen? Yes. Okay. The founder of chicken kitchen. Um, I don't know how to say his last name. Okay. Just spell it. Okay. So it's D-E-Day, B-E-R-D-O-U-A-R-E. Is that French? I don't know. Um, he's, okay, so he's yeah, the chicken kitchen founder. It. Yeah, who is, who is to know? Who's to know? Only him. But he founded Chicken Kitchen and, like, randomly bought this yeah. house. And then after having it for a while, he decided, like, we're just going to destroy it. And I don't know if like vandals had come in because around this time like there had already been people finding some of Escobar's money like out in Colombia and um I think all of it was in Colombia up to that point but people started putting two and two together that like oh he's hiding his money in the like in the walls of his residences like he's having to hide his money in places that he visits and so the pictures that I saw inside of this mansion there's like holes all in the walls holes in the floors the lights are ripped out of the ceiling like the stairs are are hammered apart like it was torn apart so I think people had just ransacked it looking for any hidden cash long story short this founder of chicken kitchen buys the residence and tears it down I think he really just wanted the location more than anything because it is right on the water and stuff so he demolishes it in 2016 to build um, another house that he thinks deserves to be there instead but in the process he finds a, a safe beneath the floor let's see they found a metal safe. He found a second sta- a second safe beneath the floor, but it was stolen. The first one, so they found two safes. The first one is stored in a bank vault and has never been opened. Oh my gosh. It's never been opened. Why? I don't know. They never opened it, but I don't I want to know how big the safe is because if it's like a huge safe then it's obviously probably like packed with cash, yeah. but if it's a small safe, like I don't think he would have just hidden like one million in there like I think he would have put something else in there like maybe I don't know jewelry or some kind of other valuables I don't know don't you feel like the size of the safe kind of correlates with see was I was there? thinking kind of like the opposite oh really I was thinking like if it was a big safe it would have like guns in it like oh yeah, yeah I yeah. don't know like shotguns or something and then if it was like a smaller safe it would be like stacked with cash and like i don't know you could have like a bag of jewelry that costs like who knows who knows yeah how much money you could you know 
backpack into some jewels. Yeah, so I don't know. Okay, I just like, looked it up. I don't know why they haven't opened it yet, though. I know. That's, tell me. I'm going to, here, I'm going to give you a picture. <laughs> Let's see. Let me find one with a person in it. Here we go. So you can see, like, the size of the things. Um, it is not very big at all. I'm going to put it on your Google Doc. Okay, perfect. Oh, I see it. It's white. Hmm. Yeah, isn't it kind of tiny compared to the guy yeah. that's standing there? Yeah, it is pretty small. And the first one, so this is the second mm. one that was found. I, don't I would still want to get into it, though. I know. Oh, my gosh, me too. And, like, how has it never been opened? Well, okay, so they say it's never been opened. If I found this thing, I would totally crack it open, take whatever's yeah. inside, and then Quote, seal unquote. it closed again and be like, oh, it's never open. Let's lock it on the bank. So, the first yeah, and one... Yeah, like, oh my gosh, this has totally <laughs> never been open. Like, The first one, though, was stolen. I mean, wait, no. The second one was stolen, and the first one is the one that's stored in the bank vault. So, I just wonder, like, how... Like, who stole it and how? Because two were found. So... It's cr- like it's I'm just crazy. assuming that they would have so many safes that it would be like I feel like it'd be like a Billy the Kid type of like Wild West situation. Like they have so many safes that people are trying to get out. Like you know, people are trying to get at their money all the time, and so they'd have like gun safes. They'd have you know, money yeah. safes, jewel safes. Yeah. They'd have all of this stuff. I mean, if you're making $70 million like a day or like even a week or even a month yeah, or even a year, <laughs> even a year. you know, you'd probably <laughs> have like life. a ton of safes. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like one would assume that there would be a ton of safes. Like, and obviously we know that they probably buried that cash so that our farmer friend could find it and um so yeah who knows but okay so in a lot of the the videos that i've seen of like them finding or like showing where the money was hidden in some of these places it literally looks like he just opened the wall and like stuffed money inside and like drywalled back over it it's not like like, yes, there are safes, but other things are just, like, stuffed in the wall. And so I'm like, I would be – do you think that they could have, like, demolished millions of dollars in these walls, like, tearing it down with a – with a um, I don't know, like, a bulldozer and, like, not even realizing they're just, like, crushing millions of dollars into oblivion? Or do you think they would have seen the cash somehow? I mean – in my imagination, I feel like the cash would like when they bulldoze it down, it would like fly out kind of like a <laughs> like a, you know, a confetti type of situation. But me. what you said about the rats eating all of that money, I mean, yeah. obviously yeah. it's damp and it's wet where they are. So the cash is going to get like that. And. They 100% could have bulldozed over a ton of money and no one would ever know. 
Yeah. Which is kind of scary to Very believe. upsetting, actually. <sighs> but also, it might be something that we could go and find. Well, okay, we'll get okay, into that we'll later because I do have a comment about that. Um, slash Okay, warning. good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but things take a bit of a weird turn. Um, so he has this nephew. And let me look up his name really quick. I should have done that. Nephews are always Nephew. Yes. <laughs> I also um, think that if they, um, like, if, I don't know, if the bulldozers did, like, you know, just bulldoze this house, like, that's also crazy. And that, like, that the people didn't go through the walls, like, one by one and, like, cutting open the walls, knowing whose house this was. They were just, like, not good treasure hunters. Yeah. Like, um, that would be my first, like, instinctual yeah. thing to do. Look in the freezers, look in the walls, you know, um, look, <laughs> I don't know, um, under any potted plants. Just, like, anything that you would think someone <laughs> would put any sort of important info slash money. Um, I don't know. People need more treasure knowledge. Well, in some of these hiding places, I'm like, gosh, that's actually a really good idea. Like, as we're planning our house. This sounds utterly terrible because I don't want to take any of my life advice after a notorious drug lord. But <laughs> some of his hiding places, I'm like, it's actually smarter to do it this way than it would be to, like, put an obvious safe somewhere that someone can just, like, rip out of your wall and somehow crack it open elsewhere like I totally here it's agree. like oh nobody would ever think to look. I always think of um you know national treasure when he finds like the one brick and he pulls it out and there's the key or, or the glasses inside it I think yes and he dumps them out and they're like Benjamin Franklin's bifocal Benjamin thing. Franklin's he's Nicholas bifocals. caging it yes he's Nick caging this whole yes. situation yeah he's Nick caging it um but that's like I don't know. I just feel like that is yeah. genius. I love genius. that. Yes. Um, so smart. Go to the next picture and you'll see this man. This is his nephew, Nicholas. 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 Who finds under under that picture, okay. there's, do you see that typewriter thing? Yes, I see the typewriter. This is where things take a weird turn. Nicholas randomly well, earlier, way earlier in his life, he did work for Escobar, his uncle. And I think he was, like, tortured at one point by, like, a rival cartel. And I'm pretty sure he was, like, arrested and put in prison. I can't remember. I did not research a ton on him. But randomly he has this – he claims to have had a vision telling him where to look for some of the money. So, sure enough, he goes and looks in the walls and finds Eighteen million dollars inside of his uncle's I think it was an apartment home in Colombia so again we have another location of his of of Pablo Escobar's and in the walls he just like stuffed this bag can you see it back there it's like a bag full of the 18 million I guess 
and a typewriter and like some other things. Um, but it was apparently right where he had this vision. So he just nephew. like finds this bag. Just yeah, he just he walks right up to the wall and like starts chopping away right in the spot, and boom, it's right there behind the wall. Okay, like isn't that weird? That is that is extremely weird. But I okay, so I have a typewriter. And that bag behind this typewriter, which I'm thinking is where he said he found the money, it looks like a typewriter cover type op type thing. Yeah. And I mean, uh-huh. it's kind of a good idea. Like to hide your money in there. Like But him knowing this, exactly yeah. where it is is suspect yeah i don't know do you do you believe that or do you think he like helped hide it in his younger years and is coming back to it now that he knows he's in the clear from his from his crime life of 100 percent. i think that he probably knew where that was i don't think it's likely that he would be able to i mean find something like that but he probably has the same feeling that we do which is like yeah okay Wherever you look around here, you're going to find money. Like, they're probably hidden literally in everything. I don't know why they demolished the house. Um, I think that was a very bad move. Like, who even knows? Like, it could have been hidden in toilets. And um, obviously, we've talked about this, the back of paintings and things like that. Like, you know, anywhere. Yep. Or like you were even saying in the front of his house, like that square shape up top, like what if he literally had that built so that it's like a fake window up there and the whole thing is just full of money, like that whole square. That's actually kind of how I feel about it. You just, you would have to take apart the whole house literally piece Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it because that square part in the front looks very out of place. It doesn't look like the right architecture for... It doesn't flow with the wreck of the rest of the Exactly. Yeah. It's very awkward. And I want everyone to out, like everyone else who's listening, like to go and, or all of our crewmates, to go and listen or go and see this on our Instagram because it's very obvious, I feel like. And maybe that's just because we've seen so many, like, you know, Miami type of. Um, houses like their vibes and this is not giving that this is very yes it's very out of place you're 100% correct that was the first thing when I saw it I was like that looks like a secret room in the front but I don't know so yeah I would have taken the whole house up and maybe they did I don't know I just I would have been terrified to not inspect every tiny I know but then inch. if you do even if it was just to find like I don't know only one million I know exactly but then it. if you do inspect it like <laughs> then you have to report it. well I don't believe in that we all know that but um if you do inspect it and you find something it's also like okay this is Pablo Escobar's money what if they find me and then kill my entire family like yes you oh, know we're gonna get into that we're gonna get into that. okay okay don't okay, even worry good good good, good. <laughs> actually yes worry so I'm he so i told you he did put some of his money in like foreign mm-hmm. bank accounts mainly 
Swiss accounts, I think, which he's like the fourth criminal that I've heard of recently that puts their money in Swiss accounts. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? But he still had such an overload of the money coming in. He, like I said, was just stuffing it anywhere in the walls or like burying it out in fields, anything. So his brother, Roberto Escobar, so one of, remember one of the two siblings um, that he trusted, his brother, Roberto Escobar, is, he, he writes a book and a lot of the cartel members were like, accusing him of being kind of like a turncoat because he talks a lot about I guess he reveals a lot in the book and um he does state that there's like mega millions of his brother his brother's money still out there just waiting to be found and listen to how crazy this is Riley it's it's, I saw it on some documentary that that I was watching and it said if I'm reading this right it says one point one fifth of all the one hundred dollar bills from the United States, in existence, are buried in Colombia. Okay. I was going to say something like that. Like, if he made so much money, I was just like, how? Okay, that is blowing my mind. Because hiding all of that money, shouldn't that do something to, like, benefit our Federal Reserve? Like, not having that money still accessible? But I guess it does not. I don't know how the Federal Reserve works, really. But one would think. I don't know how um, it works Wow. Yeah. It's like it's hidden. It's hidden. It's not in a bank. It's not. It's just not accounted for. I don't know. I don't know what lost money does to our system. I don't know. And it's in another country. Yeah, I don't either. It's like like, not even. Yeah. You know what I know? Exactly. Or, like, money that's been, like, torn or, like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, broken money? Like, I don't, like, that's all I can kind of say. Like, torn money or, like, money that has just, like, disintegrated in water or something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know what happens to those. This guy had billions of dollars and they are hidden somewhere. And... I hope that they're not well, and Riley, been eaten by rats, but like, I know. But think of all the stuff. Like he owned boats and planes and cars and like a lot all of that had to get signed over to the government as like liquid assets, I think it's called. But mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine if you have nowhere to put your money, like I would be stuffing it in my airplanes. Like imagine if you had to randomly just take one to get out of the country. Like I guarantee you some of the like, imagine buying a car, and you have no idea it's from, it used to be Escobar's, and, like, you're driving, and one day, like, you're looking for something, you pull up the floorboard mat, and you're like, what's this? And you find, like, $20 million in your floorboard. Like, just imagine that. Exactly. I mean, that is, that's literally dreams come tr- coming true, unless they are Pablo Escobar's, really, like, I feel like his money would yeah. make it so scary to find that. I mean, I would be so excited and I would definitely be oh. stuffing some in my pockets. <laughs> yeah. And OK, so that that actually brings me back to the nephew that had the vision. I forgot to tell you this. So he does not keep any of the money. He reports it all to the police, supposedly, although if I were him, 
I would totally be like, yeah, I found 18 million. And really I found like 36 million and like gave the other half away. Um, but he reports it all and they come and get it and it's turned over to the government. But part of me is like, he might've known that it was there the whole time and like waited for all of the legal stuff to just, you know, for him to get in the clear, go back, find the money, take some so that he can live off of it for the rest of his life and then report the rest of it. Like, I think that's what happened. Totally. 100%. I totally agree with you. Because I mean, especially otherwise, if like you'd be afraid cause or whatever. Yes. He has to yeah. relate. He yeah. has to re- like give some of it to someone. Like he has to say like, Oh my gosh. Oh, I found this. Wow. But like, he's not going to give yeah. all of it, especially if he was like a con man before. Like, no. Mm-mm. Well, and I feel like it's probably in part like a way of protecting himself. Like, okay, if word gets around that this is found, oh, they'll think I just turned it all over. They're not going to come kill me for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like these other bad gang things, um, cartel people. Um, yes, 100%. Okay, so this reminds me of something I just started watching on HBO. It's called The Anarchist. Is this a documentary or is it like a scripted show? Okay, no, it's not a scripted show. It's like a six-part documentary series. Ooh. And so, without giving too much away, these quote-unquote anarchists, I don't honestly really know what that means. Can you look it up? So there's two, I guess. Oh my gosh, two of what? Definitions? Oh, great. Anarchy, a state of disorder... It's, mine gives two definitions. One has a very negative connotation, a state of disorder due to absence or or non-recognition of authority. And then the second one is just kind of objective, absence of government and absolute freedom of the individual regarded as a political ideal. Oh, okay. Okay. So the second one. So all of these people, I'm just going to say it, they're very rich white Americans. They moved to Alcapoco in Mexico and they started this whole conference thing. Other anarchist people who believe like the definition number two, they come there and like strangely enough, this is kind of what I found fascinating about this. Number one is Bitcoin and like cryptocurrency was like a big deal in this community. Like, the one of the founders of Bitcoin went there on like the first. They called it Anarchapoco, like Anarchist plus Alcapoco, whatever. So yeah, I found that fascinating, and yeah. so yeah, I don't want to give too much away. So like, if you haven't watched it and you want to watch it, um, somebody passes away. It's basically proven that like a cartel kills them because they were thought to have brought in. Um, drugs from like another area selling it to yeah. all these rich yeah. white people and this was like one of the anarchist people who moved there who got killed so it's just so obvious that this is still so prevalent today I don't know I mean 
even with Pablo Escobar not here. So yeah, that's just why it reminded me of this. It's just so so weird that you chose this because I've been like in this cartel like mindset um, for a little bit. Okay. It's actually so funny that you said that because let me see. When I was researching, Pablo Escobar's brother launched a cryptocurrency. Oh my gosh, what? Okay. Is that not proof? This could be a great way to hide this money. Yeah, like I'm looking up on, okay, Bitcoin mining. Like what in the world is that? The method by which Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are generated. Yeah, it's generated. So I guess like how the how the reserve print or the mint, it like our money is minted and like manufactured. Okay, so bitcoins are mined which generates new bitcoins and the transactions involving new coins are verified so it like makes a new verified bitcoin it entails massive decentralized networks of computers all over the world that verify and safeguard blockchains which are virtual ledgers that record crypto transactions so basically instead of having a bank there is no central bank it's just it's just, I guess, the record of where the Bitcoin was mined from, and then it's like record of everywhere it's been verifies it. That is just, I can't even wrap my yeah, head please, around it. Yeah, please, if anyone does understand, please email us. Escobar's brother. Is that who I was talking about? Yes. Okay. Escobar's brother. He writes the book called Escobar, Drugs, Guns, Money power as told by his brother that's the the name of the book um so yeah his the the people that were still loyal to pablo were basically calling him a traitor for like putting all this stuff in the book but he he says that there are still millions mega millions of his brother's money still out there hidden in multiple locations and he is the one who um launched his own cryptocurrency so it is that that's really odd that you were watching that documentary with like all the cartel drug stuff tied in and you're like talking about this digital cryptocurrency and I'm like wait literally the brother of one of the most notorious drug lords of all time is is in the cryptocurrency business so yeah just to be clear like after this uh Alcapoco or Anarchapoco thing started happening like after their first year they had crypt they had like the bitcoin guy come there like this was like early bitcoin stage okay so this is where a lot of people started to kind of figure out about cryptocurrency and then like the next years like subsequent years um basically half of the people who would go there would just go there to like hear about and talk about cryptocurrency and learn about it and stuff they had like a whole crypto like part of the anarchapoco thing okay so, like, I would not be surprised at all if, uh, like, if Pablo Escobar's brother, you know, went to one of these or something like that and, like, learned about this. And I think it's a great way to, like, siphon money away. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But anyways, continue. This that is, a is great so story. bizarre. I love it. Well, and it's like, okay, yeah, everything sounds great on paper. Like, yeah, let's be anarchists and have no one rule us. And I'm like... Okay, but that, 
would be great if everyone were just a perfect holy human but we're not and it's like this type of, I just feel like this type of like unregulated anything is going to lend itself to just lawlessness like these like I could easily see how exactly. this it's totally unregulated you can't money be trusted that's not tracked like of course no it's like of course that would be something that the cartels might take advantage of or something so ah uh, I don't know but that was that was cool that those dots kind of connected for us there. it definitely was um, I'm continuing but yeah. his his uh we were talking about all the the money the u.s money and i don't even know if he had like other like money from other countries too but it's estimated that um 1.1 fifth which i don't even know how much that mm-hmm. is 1.1 fifth of all of the 100 dollar bills in existence are buried in colombia which is just insane mm-hmm. Um, well, most likely his money, all of the fortunes that are still out there waiting to be found, are most likely hidden in Colombia, Mexico, and Florida. So those are the places that he visited or owned property in. Um, and again, would just like hide stuff in the floorboards, open the walls, stuff it in there, like put it in the in the um, typewriter cover and just unsuspiciously set it back in the in the back corner of a wall like 18 million dollars in there yes so 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 suspicious who's to know that that is so amazing so all the pictures that i have of him are like obviously mug shots and things like that so i put one in here it's the next one after his brother this is him and his wife maria so i feel kind of bad for her i don't know if she was like okay with his lifestyle or or not but anyway that's just a picture of him and his wife sorry if i was scrolling everywhere no this photo looks she looks so despondent (laughs) doesn't she look like she's already a ghost like look at her she looks so sad she's just like ugh. yeah i know it's so sad but she probably did love the money Oh my gosh, I can imagine. So I'm going to tell you one, two, three, four. Let's see. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four. Okay, I have four finds here. I think there have been more, but these are four of the small fortunes that have been found um, since the 80s. So we have in 1989. So this is when he was still alive, because remember, he was in that shootout that killed him in 1993. So while he was still alive, to me, that would be like a million times more terrifying than finding his money even after he were dead. But $5.3 million of his were found in Colombia, dug up in plastic cans. So again, he would just like put these in plastic, stuff it in an old can, like an old oil drum and like bury it. And that was normal for him. Millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Plus 150 kilograms of gold bars, like gold, actual gold bars. All of that was just buried in, in a field. In 1990, so the following year, $26 million was found buried. He's still alive at this point. I don't know what happened to the people that found it. I guess they reported it to the government. I don't know. 2009... Six million pounds. I don't know why that's in English. I mean, in uh, European pounds, but six million pounds uh, were found in a jungle where a lot of his illegal trading happened. 
10 million was found that year at his ranch that was it's that ranch i was telling you that was kind of all the exotic animals it was like a zoo theme park thing they have now turned it into Mm -hmm. like a museum but that was found in 2009 so he had been dead for a long time and they found it at the facility after it had already been turned into a museum so it's it's like a museum with workers and they found like 10 million dollars one day can you imagine that at work i cannot Um, imagine no (laughs) and then the most recent one was i believe in 26 i mean 2015 and that's our sweet farmer jose cartolos that found 600 million in his field he turned everything over to the police so he says i hope he kept some for himself i do too go to the next picture I know. I just envision that this is now what Jose's palm oil plantation looks like, even though it's probably a lot smaller. But I hope he kept some of the money and made his field look like this. Oh, I would really hope so, (laughs) because he deserves that. Like, if also he was so good to turn in all of that money. Like, no. Well, he was. I I I mean, like you said, though, I really hope he saved some for himself. It was, it's probably terrifying to find that. The Colombian government. So Jose and every, I don't think there's anybody that's kept the money. Um, obviously the, the fines that have been disclosed. I'm sure there are people like in other cartels that have gotten their hands on this money. And of course they're not going to let anybody know they found it. But of all of the people that have found openly disclosing that they found the money nobody's kept it i don't think um so they say so the colombian government has only recovered about 90 million dollars of his fortune so 10 times that amount is still out there to be found people here's the thing pablo when he died all of the locations where this this money is hidden all over the place is gone because the people that he would hire to um, hide the money for him, when they reported back to him that the job was done, he would mm-hmm. have them killed so that he, at the end of the day, was still the only one who knew where the money was. He he didn't even tell his trusted siblings. They just had, I think, I think they just had access to like a couple of his assets, mm-hmm. like his properties and things. But as far as the hidden money went. It was all in his head. No map, no written record, nothing. So when he died, I mean, literally, if you have a field or a house in Colombia, I mean, you could randomly stumble upon millions of dollars one day. Like having all that money out there and not even trusting your siblings with it. It's like, who would he trust with it? And when he died, who Mm -hmm. would he have told? Like, probably nobody. Yeah, no one. I don't know. I just feel like the typewriter situation is very sus. I feel like he probably knew where that money was because he probably hid it. And so that might lead to, I don't know, other people knowing where this money or, or where all this hidden gold is. What do you think? Yes. I think, okay, well, things are about to take an even a weird oh, turn, Jesus. even weirder than the vision oh, from that Jesus. other nephew. So, okay, just buckle your seatbelt. So there is a man 
named Roberto Sindoya Escobar, who claims he is the firstborn secret son of Pablo. He was raised, or I think when he was like five or something, he was taken to the UK and put in like a witness protection type of program from other cartels. And of course, he's oblivious to all of this at that age. I don't remember if his parents were killed and he was like an orphan. I don't remember. Some Somehow he ends up in the it's UK fine. under this like protected identity. He's adopted by okay. an MI6 agent, which MI6 is England's like secret intelligence service, I think. So kind of like their CIA, I guess. And in his 20s, he learns of his true identity, that he is this drug lord's son. He's actually the son of Pablo Escobar. And on his, on um, the, the agent that adopted him, on his deathbed, the agent gives Roberto a coded message that apparently has all the info on where to find all of Pablo's millions. Oh. And so I'm like, how did this agent get it? How did he get all this info? And so Roberto makes it his life's mission to find the millions. And and some of the findings that have happened, it's kind of um, suspected that, or it's kind of come back to where it's like, oh, I think that Roberto, with his code that was given to him, kind of allowed, like in some way, prodded this thing to I happen. totally like, agree. This find I mean, to happen. So, um, I don't know. It's just crazy because I'm like, how did that agent know? Yeah, but I'm like, how did the how did their intelligence service get it? Yeah. Yeah, because Pablo would literally kill anyone who hid yeah. the money. Like, usually he would do it himself. Like, like you said, he's not going out into the jungle and digging holes. He had, like, henchmen for that kind of stuff. But once the henchmen get, got back and said the job was done, he'd kill him. So. I mean, I would, too. I think that's good business practice. <laughs> Make people count your money naked, and as soon as they tell you they've hidden it, kill them. <laughs> exactly. Naked money counting, and then go hide the money, and then right when you get back, you're going to be dead. Um, but, That's you know, terrible. I think that a lot of people probably thought that, and I don't know. Maybe he was just BSing. Like, maybe they didn't know anything yeah. at all. I have no idea, but it was, it was like literally, and I'm like, why also did you wait till he was, and mind you, this guy adopted him. So it's essentially his dad, like he's on his deathbed Mm -hmm. and he's telling this kid or, you know, this guy, his son, here's a code. And I Mm -hmm. would, I'm like, why didn't you tell him this earlier on in his life? Like you could have done it together or maybe he intended to never tell him at all but he was on his deathbed and was like I can't not tell you so he gave him that coded message and then as soon as he got that some of these findings started happening so people are suspecting and he's open about it like he I think he in in his book that he wrote I think he talks about the coded message or something but he so this is where people that have gone out hunting Normally, any kind of treasure, 
I would be like, yes, let's go find it. This kind of treasure, though, this cartel money, <laughs> it, like you said, it would be kind of terrifying knowing that it was his money because Roberto, his firstborn secret son, when he was out on one of these ventures trying to find the money, he was actually, he had two workers with him, maybe more, I'm not sure, but him and two of the workers that were with him were kidnapped by another cartel. And Roberto was actually Mm -hmm. tortured for hours by these people um, wanting to know where the money was. And he, he just didn't know. And the other two workers that were with him were tortured with chainsaws, it says. So it's like, did they cut off their fingers? Did they cut off Mm. their legs? Like, did they cut off their arms? I don't know. But yeah, it is is not a safe venture to go looking for this fortune. Yeah, but also, we're not going there, but he could have hidden stuff anywhere. Like, Miami, you know, um... And yeah. all of the little islands, he could have hidden any of this anywhere. They had so much money. And I mean, they had to have hidden it some places. So I feel like if you're not in like Colombia, like looking for it, I mean, I I want to see, like, I want to know what he hid. And I want to know all about that. Um, I, I mean, I don't suggest us going to look for it because... I love no, our lives. I would be. That's, that's what I was going to say. It's like uh, hunt at your own risk and just know that you are not the only one hunting for it. There are probably bad, terrible, terrible people out there looking for it harder than you are. So it's just crazy to me that the the government, yeah. the Colombian government has 90 million dollars of his. I think it was 90 million. Is that what I said? 90 million of his dollars and it's I think that is 10 times that amount is still probably more if we're being honest is still out there to be found like yeah and I if don't you know. can found it I mean if you can find it unrat eaten I mean it's still money exactly so it's still money I don't exactly. know it is such a good treasure and it's such a newish treasure too. Like it's one of the treasures that it's like you want to find because you know that if you do find one, it'd be like a cache of so much money. Yes. But then if you do go looking for it, it's so dangerous. It is really like a true pirate's treasure. That's how I yeah. kind of think of it. Like pirates of yesteryear would bomb ships and do stuff like that when the ships had bombs too and you know they would just kind of like take it on chance that they could take over this ship and get all that money to be able to hide it somewhere and I just it's basically exactly like that like you don't know what you're gonna face when you go and look for this treasure and we obviously do not recommend doing it it's probably pretty dangerous but I feel like that is kind of the treasure, I don't know, lore, like the more dangerous, like booby trapped and everything like that. Indiana Jones, you know, like things like that, like the more dangerous it is, the more payout you'd get. And this story is such a good example of that. 
Yes. And I think also the moral of the story is you don't necessarily have to go looking for treasure all the time. Like you could be like Jose, just diligently doing your work, being proud of your work and treasure might just find you. And that is one of my favorite, favorite things to say. Treasure might just find you, which I mean, I think that treasure found us in our podcast. That should be our slogan. And we should put that on T-shirts. You're right. Treasure will find you. But Kristen, that was the craziest, scariest treasure episode that I have ever heard in my life. I think it's because there is so much treasure that I think is hidden. I think it's hidden somewhere that we could find. Like it. Well, and they're still finding it. Yeah, exactly. It's still being found. And also the, if you find it, what are you going to do about it? Like, are you going to keep it? Like, it's the, it's so scary because the threat is still, like, real. So, this has been a very, very oh, yeah. scary episode. <laughs> and I'm happy about it. Like, thank you. I think that it's good to know. Uh, it's been fun. Yes, it's been so fun. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening. Just heed the yes. warning. May the wind be on your side.